welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us wondering, um, get us exploring and having a really good conversation and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we've made the connection. So our topic today is friendships and choice as seen through the production of Merrily We Roll Along at Theater La Dida. Hosting with me today is Rick Bernardo, who went to the show. Uh, the show is an innovative musical about a group of friends, and they sp- it spans three decades. It spools backwards from their present-day lives at the optimistic beginning of their relationship. And it's a classic that blends the excitement and humor of backstage musical with the poignancy of regrets and reconciliations and featuring some of Stephen Sondheim's best songs, uh, Not a Day Goes By and Our Time. I also want to mention the music and lyrics are by Stephen Sondheim, book by George Firth, orchestrations by Jonathan Tunick. The uh, play, the musical, is directed by Peter Rostein, and musical direction is by Jason Hansen. And Theater Larida is grateful for the generosity of the production sponsors, both Kent Allen and Tim Nabble. Thank you. Yay! So, with that, you like the play? I did. Musical. I was, saying, I was still saying yay about the play and everything you were saying. Oh, good. Yes. What did you uh, What did you think of it? Uh, by the way, this is Rick, and so um, I'm still Rick. I say that to people sometimes. Uh, I, I'm still resonating with uh, a, like time warp kind of a fever. It's like um, I'm fascinated by the the whole device of um, whether things evolve or devolve, uh, because this um, it's no secret. I don't think um, it works backwards in time. And so you kind of get to check in on how things developed, but in a in a way that, actually, when I it just occurred to me right now, that's how our memories work. We, we all we always are remembering backward in this moment. And it's so, hard to remember the future. Uh, I have I've, I've done that though, but yes. it's very confusing. It is. It it's is. science fiction all over the place. But cool. But cool yes. to do. Yes. Well, we've got two wonderful actors that are joining us in this segment. We have Reese Britz and Becca Hart. Uh, Reese plays Franklin. Uh, Becca plays Mary. And we talked about this being a show about friendship and choices. And some of that was set in motion uh, by Reese. So uh-huh. I'm going to kick it off to Reese. And then I know you have some yeah. follow-up questions. After Reese shares a little bit about, tell us about your thoughts on how this gets all get kicked off. Yeah, so um, again, um, my name is Reese, and I play Franklin Shepard, who is the guy that this story is all about, Um, (laughs) really. um, And and I think we'll hear from each actor a similar feeling about what the show is all about. Yeah, Um, (laughs) but it's a story about uh, Franklin Shepard, Mary Flynn, and Charlie Kringas, these three friends that at the end of the play, which is actually the beginning of their journey together— uh, which is a little confusing for some people, but um, they make a promise that it is our time and we're the movers, we're the shapers, we're the names in tomorrow's papers mm-hmm. to 
hold on to their ambitions and their dreams and to move forward and achieve those goals. Um, but when the play starts, it's actually 1976, and I'm not spoiling anything, um, <laughs> just to let you know. Um, but uh, Franklin has become a producer of movies and a big-time Hollywood producer. And at this party, Mary Flynn is there, but Charlie Kringis is not. Mm-hmm. We don't get to meet Charlie until the second scene. And even though this show is about these three friendships, it's really about how Franklin's decisions have impacted his life around him and his relationships with his friends. Awesome. Yeah, what he said. Uh, thanks. <laughs> That's where he's Brit. <laughs> he was there. So he was. He was. So, yeah. So the full two and a half hours. Uh, so what and so, yeah, that there was. Yeah, it didn't seem like like that long. So that's a good thing, you know, for a performance. It just zoomed by. And we've got also Becca Hart, who plays the character Mary, that is in that first scene. Oh, uh, she is. Yeah, and and, and you know, and, and I'm sad right away when I when I meet you uh, in, in the in the. In the performance, because there's something wistful going on, uh, it seemed anyway. But you tell me more about your your character and uh, how that went. Great, thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Becca Hart. I play Mary Flynn, and she is a friend to the man who the story is about. <laughs> and <laughs> but but there, you may have a feeling that the play is really about. Mary as well, it right? It really is. <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel like every every actor is telling their own story, but um, it's 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 a play, really. Yeah, truly, it's Franklin at the ship at the center of it, but the three of them, Mary, Charlie, and Frank, really just affect each other in so many ways, both with their choices and with their absence of choices, the passivity. Um, and so it's it's been really fascinating to wind that story backwards, and yeah. you're both kind of weaving the tapestry and unweaving the tapestry at the same time for the audience. Weaving and unweaving—that's those are good words to hang on to because there's a lot of that going on here. What in your for your character? What I mean, you've been Mary for a, a while now. Uh, what what struck you, or what was a challenge in 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 uh, you know how, how that went for developing that? I. I love Mary. <laughs> I yeah. love her so much. Uh-huh. Um, I I spent a lot of time with the script, um, both before and then during table work when we first started rehearsals, just tracking where, honestly, the levels of heartbreak. Like, how many little balloons of hope does she have in this scene? Oh, no, that one was popped in the last scene. Oh, how about this scene? Oh, no, those four balloons have popped already. Oh, so yeah. tracking all of those. And I remember chatting with a friend about about her before we started rehearsal process and I was like you know I'm kind of like nervous I'm kind of scared and she was like well what does Mary love and that's been such like a thing that we've all kind of talked about is instead of playing the heartbreak you're you're playing the love and the hope that these friendships are going to work out and that's why it's so devastating when they yeah. don't yeah just sticking with that got it Reese how, how about you when you're working through this character and making discoveries. What were some of the discoveries you made? Yeah, uh, some of the discoveries I made, when I first read through the play, uh, the musical, uh, I was like, wow, Franklin Shepard is not a great human being. (laughs) At all. He makes horrible decisions and blames everyone else. He is a stone-cold narcissist. Uh, Um, And what I discovered throughout it is, well, 
I've played uh, villains before, villains on paper before, and the thing about villains is they don't know that they're being the villain. And they think that they are just in their actions and in their choices. And so finding those moments of, of oh, okay, so he thinks that this person persuaded him. So I have to bring that out. And even though I know that, that that's not what's happening, uh, he thinks that he's being manipulated. And so I need to dive into that and that feeling of manipulation of where his life is going and the people that are influencing his choices. That was clear, yeah. Uh, everybody has their own world, and you kind of have to create that for that character. Exactly. Yeah. And even though I see that he is yeah. in the wrong completely um, with many of his choices and disregarding his friends in that sense and leaving them in the dust, I also understand that he yeah. needed to do that during this time. That's a, you know? that's a great exercise in empathy, actually, to, to be able to do that. I have a question for you that just came to me, and it's going to mean that I'm going to uh, go over our timelet in seg segment one. But what strikes me is that when you are getting in touch with a character that's a narcissist, um, that may not understand the things around him, sometimes we fight that also in looking at equity, diversity, and inclusion, and helping folks to understand. Sometimes it can be um, challenging to help a person have more empathy mm -hmm. and to understand what that means. Um, I know that's something that you feel very passionate about. So yes. share with me about that and yeah. that experience. Um, I am very involved in equity, diversity, and inclusion, especially in this um, Minneapolis Twin Cities theater community. Um, the hardest part is for anyone talking about these kind of issues is uh, letting go of your ego and your pride and understand when you have hurt someone, which... Um, like speaking of narcissism, that is a hard thing, but that is a term that I don't want to use when we're talking about this. It's pride. Right. Um, and a lot of people... And fear. And fear, yes. Yeah. Fear for the unknown and the understanding. And change. People have a hard time with change. What does this exactly. mean? How does that impact me? Yeah, we, we as human beings are taught to fear the things that we don't understand. And that is something we see in every, our everyday society. If there's something that we do not like or makes us uncomfortable, we automatically shut it out. And we try not to understand it because that's not how we were raised or how we we perceive the world. So obviously I'm right and they're wrong. Mm -hmm. But the point with equity <laughs> diversity, yeah. But but the point with equity, diversity, and inclusion is the the main thing I think is to take ownership of your actions, to take ownership of your life really and how you grew up, so that you can move forward and create equitable spaces around you and also really listen to the underrepresented groups um, and hear them what they are saying and try your hardest to do whatever you can just to make them included and at your awesome. level. Yeah, it's not about it's not about putting anyone up um, to like tear yourself down. Right. It's about bringing them all together, like holding their hand and bringing them up. What I'm fascinated with is uh, encouraging the audience to go see this play and knowing that in their heart is something that you feel very strongly about and then seeing your character <laughs> unfold on stage. Um, I think it would be a, a magnificent opportunity um, for folks just to be thinking about it. And, and again, this is uh, our, our show's about a show about ideas and making connections. And I think that's a, a vital connection to be thinking about. We have to go to break, <laughs> even though I, you know. We will, we will I, merrily I, roll I, along I, I, later. And that is the name of the musical that you want to see at Latida. 
I'm going to spell out Latida for you. L-A-T-T-E-D-A dot org. You can buy your tickets. You can see more about the show. Again, Latida dot org. Go check it out. Go see the show. We'll be back in the next segment, and we're going to continue this fascinating conversation. Well. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter, uh, and we're talking about friendship, choices, and much, much more. Um, as we explore the play Merrily We Roll Along, it is um, a play that, when it first came out, did not, you know, get great reviews and great support, but it's become sort of a cult classic over the years where there's a lot of devoted people that adore the show. Um, it spans three decades. Uh, it, it starts out and moves backwards. Um, and then there's a lot of great humor and challenges and choices, and there's regrets that are made, reconciliation, and then songs like Not a Day Goes By and Our Time. To explore this, we've got great actors um, who are here to talk about their characters, talk about what the show means to them. In the last segment, we had a chance to talk with uh, two terrific people. Um, we have Reese Britz and Becca Hart in the first segment. And Reese will be back. But in this segment, we have another uh, character that is joining us. Uh, we continue to talk with Becca Hart and, and her relationship to the role Mary. And we'll get to know Dylan Fed Frederick, who plays the role of Charlie. Um, and in this one, we're going to continue on the choices, lack of choices, um, agency, a little bit about your character and background and who you are. So welcome, Becca and Dylan. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I have our wonderful host with me today, Rick Bernardo, who actually saw the show. Um, I'm famous for that. You're famous for that. We have uh, these shows. The show goes back in decades. It does. Tell me about that. Uh, 70s, 60s, a, a touch of 50s. And for me, uh, you know, so everybody, it's not breaking. Uh, what do they call it? It's not a spoiler necessarily to say there's news during the segments of the, the phases of the production that lets you know where you are. There's a, there's a big uh, a, a flashing sign saying this is this is the year. And but at the same time, it takes you back through what some things that were happening during those years. And that really was effective in. Uh, placing you, rooting you, even if you weren't alive then, it, it, it creates a history that uh, you might might not have known about, and it really resonates uh, into the into the present. And so, and, um, and, and Dylan and Becca <laughs> are both here to talk about. Yeah, Dylan, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I understand you're coming back from New York to be here for us, so we appreciate that, even though you grew up and you uh, hail from our Twin Cities. Yes, I do. I grew up here. I grew up doing theater in this community. This is where I learned uh, to love theater and how to act, and uh, I wrote plays here. I did my very first play I wrote in the Minnesota Fringe Festival. Oh, I love and, the Fringe. And, uh, you know, grew up taking classes at the Children's Theater and seeing all those plays. Um, so this is the first time I'm back here since I was in high school doing, doing a play. Welcome. Well, we got to know... Um, <laughs> Becca's character, Mary, a little bit in the last segment. Um, tell us what you think your relationship with Charlie is with Mary. Tell me about that relationship. Yeah, so 
Charlie is uh, the the lyricist to Frank Shepard, the composer, mm-hmm. and um, Mary Mary's not really a collaborator in <laughs> in that sense. I mean, on a musical, yeah. there's there's you know you've got the composer and the lyricist uh, working together. Mary doesn't she doesn't write the book. She doesn't choreograph, as far as we know. She doesn't direct, um, but she's instrumental in the in the trifecta, really. Yeah. And um, I. I think Charlie's relationship to Mary is is really interesting because um, I think they remain close from the beginning to the end or the end to the beginning, however you want to think about the play moving backwards. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and it's not a romantic relationship. It's not a sexual relationship as far as we know. And I think um, I think that has to do I think with 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 some of its staying power and and why it's able to last for for hopefully forever. Is that an accurate character description and relationship from your? I always love to hear from you know actor to actor. Um, how do you feel about Charlie? Uh, how does Mary feel about Charlie? And and does she perceive the situation the same way that Charlie does? Oh yeah, Mary loves Charlie. Frank and Frank and Charlie are the two halves of her heart. Um, and I think Dylan said it well. It's that there all there's all sorts of different loves in the show. You have. Frank is experiencing romantic love. There's parental love. He has a child. Um, and there is friendship love. And so you have this duality of seeing friendships dissolve and seeing one of the friendships last a pretty long time. I don't know if it lasts the whole time, like past the end of the play kind of thing. Um, I've also really enjoyed that I feel like Mary and Charlie have connected over the years of watching their friend Frank make these choices. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like two the two of them on the side just like, "Boy, what are you what are you doing? What are yeah. you doing and now?" They're, yeah. And they're still united in their and their love for this um, this really imperfect person yeah. Frank. Yeah. They really believe in him. They like are there to help they're trying to get Frank to be um, his best self or at least what they think is his best self. Yeah. That's clear to to me as as a you know, seeing it for the first time. They're rooting for him. Uh, cha- trying to be a champion for him, uh, both professionally, which takes its own life, yeah. but also personally, and that's where the the drama seems to happen yeah, over I, time. Yeah, I also think he's I, he's probably, and I don't know that the character uh, the characters probably don't understand this, yeah. but I, as someone maybe watching the play, I think he's sucking a lot of energy from them, and I think through the years, uh, you know, they, they have a they there's there's three people in this relationship, but I think he's taking. A lot of wind out of their sails. That, that seems, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't know that they're able to necessarily see that because we we love him. Yeah. And I think we're blinded by some of that affection we feel for him through the years. Yeah, they're um, in too deep for sure. I think they're probably <laughs> in too deep. And this this look, this is a common dynamic I think in yeah. friendships. Yeah. I think I I think the the idea that um, you know they they are so infatuated with him, uh, I resonate with that. I, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> With it being a musical, tell me about what you think about that, Becca. You, you have some strong feelings about what, what, what is this show because of what folks normally think of when they think of musicals. I do, I do. I feel like often people, you hear the word musical and you think of something fluffy and fun and with a big tap number. And there are musicals that have that, and I love them. And then you have you think of the word play and... Some people think of Shakespeare. Some people think of, you know, of whatever, something in, intense and complicated and um, riveting. And so in that sense, it's 
this this is really a, a play with music because it is so tight. It is so there's so much to dig into for like an actor and for the audience. It's not just talk 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 dance number talk 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 dance number fancy lights. It's a really um, complex story. Well, I, I think- would. That's my experience, definitely. Yeah, I've I'm seen so a number of musicals, but this is this is a lo- right down the seams of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Vic, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having I, me. I know you you'll need to run. You've got other things you need to get to, but we're going to bring back uh, our friend Reese uh, Franklin mm-hmm. uh, and have a Franklin Charlie conversation in our next segment. Uh, for folks who are getting interested, and we assume you are, in wanting to go see this play, you can go to the website latida.org. That's L-A-T-T-E-D-A, kind of like a latte, latida.org, yeah, yeah. and uh, go get a ticket. Go see Merrily the show. Merrily, we roll along is, is the name. And we'll roll along right into the commercials, in. and we'll be right back. Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we've been having a wonderful conversation with actors who are joining us from the Theater Latida's production of Merrily We Roll Along. Hosting with me is Rick Bernardo, who went to the show, which uh, we'll love to hear his ideas. He's been sharing his ideas of what he felt about the show. Uh, the show takes place uh, September 21st, so we Opening was wonderful, I hear. That happened. Uh, and it'll go through October 30th. If you do not know about Merrily We Roll Along, it is a Stephen Sondheim uh, musical. Uh, he did the music and lyrics. The book is by George Firth, uh, orchestrations by Jonathan Tunick, directed by Peter Rostein, and music direction by Jason Hansen. And... If you are so intrigued and you have been listening and you go, oh, but I want to go buy the uh, ticket to the show right now, please do because tickets are going fast. And it's best to go ahead and get that as soon as you can. It's latida.org. I'm going to spell that for you, L-A-T-T-E-D-A.org. And our friend Rick Bernardo. um, Oh, that's me. That's you. uh, Saw the show. Tell me about the show. I was there with my friend Jess, and uh, yeah, we just loved it. Uh, it is, it's, it's dramatic, and the musical part of it, as uh, Becca, uh, who played Mary, was just saying before, it's, uh, it's not just all song and dance in the sense of some musicals are just like one way to get from one song and dance to the other, but in this, the performances and there's a major one by Dylan Frederick who plays Charlie in the very beginning of the production that is um, it's, it's quite remarkable as an ex- example of it really has major substance to it it's it's he's singing and he's I don't know you're doing like four or five different kind of performance arts at once in that <laughs> moment and and yet it every word moves the story sure. for the rest of the of the production. Sure. So and, it, say- and, and in this segment, I want to make sure the audience knows we have Dylan Frederick, right. who plays the role of Charlie. Charlie. And we have Reese Britt, who plays the part of Franklin. Reese Britt, yeah. Yeah. 
And so, uh, Dylan, anyway, I was just saying like that, that I just wanted to ask you anything sure. about that one introduction to your character in the beginning. Look, this is, a, this is an actor's musical, I would say. And I would say all of the Sondheim musicals, if people listening know, Sweeney Todd, Into the Woods, Sunday in the Park with George. Um, the, the, these, these are pieces that actors like myself and like Reese, like we want to do these so badly. And yeah. um, there's a lot of other musicals that we want to do less badly that we can also do, you know, um, <laughs> that are in the canon. Um, some are sillier um, and 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 uh, maybe goofier, maybe flashier. There's a veneer required for the performance. But what Sondheim does is um, he makes complicated, smart, nuanced material. Uh, and and it's simple, truthful stuff for actors. So that song's a good example. Franklin Shepard Inc. Um, Reese also Reese has uh, some in incredible opportunities to act and sing at the same time here too. And uh, that just often isn't afforded to 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 a, a musical like a, I don't know, Escape to Margaritaville, the Jimmy Buffett musical, or mm -hmm. All Shook Up, the Elvis Jukebox musical, or something like that. Um, the Sondheim musicals are are gifts for actors. And Peter Rothstein has assembled a group of actors like Reese is really an actor and a really good one Becca Hart too so um we're honored to be doing it awesome yeah thank you um that f first uh scene where you uh are appearing as Charlie that's in the 70s yes uh and I remember there was a year 73 that showed up oh, was it that year Oh, I can't, you know, because there was a news item that resonated definitely with everybody. So there are certain news items during this production that uh, everybody will recognize as part of history if they know a little bit of history. And if they don't, it's a history lesson. Um, and it's important because the play moves backwards that those exist even even just um, practically as a device to help people understand that we're moving backwards. You know, this is Nixon. This is Kennedy. And the, and and that and, and that matters a lot because the device of moving backwards, uh, I honestly think, can can be confusing. So we also have subtitles, you know, that the year is always present on the back wall. Yeah, on the back um, wall. And and I think that is very helpful. Got it. Um, and Reese, how, how did you work with that going backwards in time uh, you're, you're you are a different person both of you are different people in the beginning and the end which is actually the end in the beginning mm -hmm. so how, how, how did you work a little bit with that yeah so we actually peter rostin our amazing director um had the idea right away to start rehearsals starting at the end of the play so when we are at our youngest selves as our characters and then move through time in the actual chronological order so that we can find those moments of growth in our characters and and growing up with the characters in a sense so that by the time we got to our the last scene that we rehearsed in the in the rehearsal room which is the first scene of the play we already knew exactly where these characters started and how they got to this moment so um, once we flipped it and actually did the show <laughs> sure. in the actual order that it's that it is it yeah. was uh, it was different. It was dif huh. difficult. That was it the only time in my life I've ever rehearsed to play backwards. And you too, probably, right, oh, Reese? Yes, yes, yes. And that was really that was really crazy to do. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was hard because it, it felt like we, we were like, okay, we just got done with this scene. We know where we're going, but we have to. We we can't know where we're going in a sense. Our characters don't know what's going to happen next in their life, so we have to just keep chipping away at all that, the scenes that we just did. Yeah. Got it. Uh, it's a remarkable device. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, what I'm kind of interested in is finding out from our friend Dylan. Yes. How you got persuaded to come back and do this show. I heard there's a great story about that persuasion effort. Yeah. It's, I mean, I haven't been living here. I've been, I've been living in other places and doing plays other places, but I've been wanting to do a play in Minneapolis since I left. Um, and uh, it just hasn't really been able, I haven't been able to make it happen, and there hasn't been able, there just hasn't been the exact right thing. Um, but this is a play I really wanted to do. And so the idea that I was persuaded is sort of comical because I rearranged my entire <laughs> life and my whole schedule around doing this. Uh -huh. um, and after when Peter called me to say that they were going to do Merrily We Roll Along and that he would let me play Charlie and that Reese was going to play Frank and that Becca was going to play Mary, um, I, I just made sure that I was going to do that. Because uh, Merrily We Roll Along does not often get produced. And I would say it, even more than that, it just doesn't, it's, it's just so often it's bad. It gets done all over the place. It's been done in, in many countries, in many states in this country. And it's just, you, you can give it a Google, you can see it's bad. And um, this production is special. <laughs> really bad, yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. And, you know, people try again and again. And, I, and, and, we, and everyone who loves Sondheim really appreciates that people try again and again to make uh -huh. it work. And sometimes things work and sometimes things don't. I think the thing that's special about our production is that it works. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and I think that's largely... Go figure. Largely, yeah. I think that's largely due to Peter and his brilliance uh -huh. and... Um, uh, the design and the performances, Jason's orchestrations on the music. So okay. um, well, you, I was an honor to come back and do it. You, you talk about Sondheim yes. as being an actor's uh, Absolutely. musical. And he's done a lot of work. And there's a theme that goes throughout um, on capitalism and commentary. On I'd that. say so. So tell me about that. I'd say, I mean, I, 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 he, there are these two books he's got of his collected lyrics, and he, there, one is one is blue and one is pink. And if you go to someone's house who loves musical theater, I wonder if Reese, do you have these books on your coffee table? Not yet. <laughs> I think um, these these books are really a treasure for anyone who loves um, Sondheim. Finishing the hat, look, I made a hat. And um, I, I think if you go through the lyrics, Sweeney Todd, Sunday in the Park with George, Assassins, you see that there is a um, a thread here. And he's, it's, it's sort of a core belief that um, money and fame and attention and cars and houses and all of the things that distract us in life um, are exactly that, distractions. Things. Yes, and that they uh, maybe don't matter. And that there's something else that matters, and he spends a lot of time in these musicals Gra grasping for what it might be that matters more than what we think matters. Uh, and in this musical, Merrily We Roll Along, I think he's suggesting that um, friends are what matter. Friends old matter. friends, making old friends. And that somehow those things, th th that matters more than all of those things that distract us. Um, but that there's a, there's a conflict there, you know, that uh, it's just hard to, hard to see. So I guess that's, I think that's a critique of capitalism. Um, and I think, think about Sweeney Todd, if people know that, that's about a, a, a man and a woman who get together to chop up an entire community so she can pay off her debts and, you know, bake people into pies and sell them. So, so I think, and assassins too. I mean, you can go through all the text and see that there's something about this, this country and the way the, the marketplace has affected, um, affected all of us. I sometimes... Merrily we roll along again. Yeah. yeah just to, just to plug it. 
right? <laughs> well, uh, it also supports um, a sort of a social media created reality, and you know that there that we think those things are important. And is that really friendship? Yes, there, there's a. There's a really good essay by Tennessee Williams. After he wrote The Glass Menagerie, he was very successful. You know, that was a big moment for him as a playwright. And he wrote an essay called The Catastrophe of Success. And I, I think this is largely also a critique of capitalism. Mm -hmm. And um, and it reminds me a lot of, of Merrily We Roll Along and Frank's journey in Merrily We Roll Along. He's sitting in a hotel room. He's having all his food brought to him. And he's, he's sort of thinking back to who he was and who he is now and how miserable he is, even though he's had this great play, Glass Menagerie. It's such a success. And and he says, you know, the public self that I've created is a fiction built with mm -hmm. mirrors, and the only the only thing that matters really is is the person who I was from my very first breath, um, and I've forgotten that person. So this, this it's very clear in this production. And there's yeah. a, yes. rem a reminder of um, what is important: friendships and choices. Uh, so, the show is called Merrily We Roll Along, as, as our friend Rick reminds us. <laughs> and it's at Theater Lottie Da. I want to give you the website. It's latida.org. L A T T E dot D A. Just a D. No, excuse me. I'll do that one more time. L A T T E, like latte. L A T T E D A dot org. Can I get a latte? Yes, you may. <laughs> And we will be right back after some commercials and uh, talking more about how wonderful this show is. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about lots of fun things. Today, it's been friendship and choices and choices made, choices not made. A little bit of narcissism thrown in there just, you know, for the heck of it to explore what that all could mean. And we've had wonderful actors share with us uh, about their experience in doing the show. Uh, we have Rick, who's also hosting the show, who is um, sharing from his heart as well in terms of being an audience member. And what was that like for him? And what did he learn? And all of that good stuff. And our, our um, actors that are in the um, last segment with us, uh, one plays the role of Charlie. And that is our, our friend Dylan Frederick. And the other plays the role of Franklin. And that is our friend Reese Britz. Uh, both hail from the Twin Cities. Yes. And mm -hmm. got trained here and love it here and love you being here and you coming back here, our friend Dylan, coming back. It's been a great experience. Um, you were singing to me earlier during the break. Do you, you want to break into song just for the heck of it? Uh, here on our last segment. We absolutely do. Oh, good, good. Which one? Um, <laughs> and I love Reese's face. Oh, sure we do. Yes, we do, yeah. <laughs> Which part would you like to, to break into? so many great iconic songs in this musical. Um, um, at, the end of the, at the end of the play, we sing a song called Our Time. Uh, the play moves backwards in time. So we start uh, with a, a friendship between three people that's frayed. And then at the beginning of the play, you move all the way back in the two hours to the idealistic beginnings when they're up on the rooftop looking at Sputnik in the sky in the 50s. It was and, in the sky. And they're, and they're singing um, a song called Our Time. We could sing. <laughs> Something is stirring, shifting ground. It's just begun. Edges are blurring all around. 
and yesterday is done. Feel the flow, hear what's happening, we're what's happening. Don't you know, we're the movers and we're the shapers. We're the names in tomorrow's papers. Up to us, pal, to show them. <laughs> Oh, I, I love, love singing that with you, Reese. I love, love I love singing with Reese every night. I love he it. He has the really a tr a tremendous voice, and to look into his eyes every night and sing that song Aww. is intoxicating. Aww. And it's a great way to end the night because the 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 play starts in this way where everything is so frayed, and I'm I'm yelling at him largely in my first song. So then to look <laughs> at him at the end on the rooftop with the star, you know, and oh. you know, we sing the song. It's really a sweet ending, sweet way to go home. That was awesome. Tell me how you and, felt about and, when you saw that on stage. Uh, well, this recreation it, it, it just takes me back, pun intended, uh, it, in so many ways and I, and I just loved it um, I would say for instance what I got out of it and I'm going to keep getting out of the performance because it's I'm going to carry it with me for a while is um, the, the sense of possibility and what happens yes. to that in life uh, it can unravel it can grow, and there's a lot of both of this in, in the whole production uh, and there's so many lessons for any of us uh, to resonate with the difference between personal and professional growth, mm. and uh, how do we how do we navigate that? And everybody, the, the three characters, Mary, and Frank, and Charlie, are really uh, trying to navigate that ocean, basically, and um, in, in almost drowning in different ways at times, and otherwise, uh, just swimming beautiful strokes other times. Yeah. So you're going to tell a friend to go see the show. What are you going to tell him? Uh, I'm going to tell him you probably haven't seen anything like this, number one. Uh, this is a live production which cannot be replaced by any other medium. Thank for, you. As well. <laughs> um, and uh, you will you will learn a lot about life and yourself no matter what happens. Wow. Yeah. So you're telling friends and family, Reese Brits, who plays the role of Franklin. What are you telling them? Well, I tell them exactly that. Uh, <laughs> that it, it is a difficult show to to understand at first, but once you get all those little moments, you you will find yourself in all the characters. It's a, it's. I tell them that it's a show about the human condition, and about how our what what is the price of fame, and how you can lose your dreams over time. Or your dreams can shift or rearrange over time, but is it actually what you wanted? Like, how did you get to be here? And so I think what I tell people is that you will be able to see yourself in at one point in each of these characters. And it's going to fill you with hope. It might fill you with a little bit of existential dread, just a little bit, but it is absolutely worth it. All right. And Dylan, what would you say? I think... Look, for a musical that tackles such um, tragic um, and, and fr frankly, sometimes hopeless um, ideas about this life, uh, it, it matters very much that the people who are doing it approach the work with a sense of pride and really pleasure and enjoyment. And, and when Stephen Sondheim wrote this piece, it did not do well on Broadway, but he said that making it, was, was the most exciting time of his entire life. And so I have tried to, along with Reese and Becca, really embody that spirit. 
and approach every day of this work like it is the most exciting thing I have ever done. And so in many ways, it has become that. And, and it <laughs> matters very much to me that people see that on stage we are having a hell of a good time. And yeah. um, I, th I think in that way, it's contagious. Uh, the pleasure is palpable. We are enjoying ourselves. Um, and that, that I, honestly, it doesn't always happen in the theater. And uh, the, the contagious quality of that, I think, uh, should make anybody want to rush to Theater Latte Da and see Merrily We Roll Along. What would you like the audience to take away with them? You know, you, you shared about what's important, what you think the play is, what you've encouraged them to think about what they might take away. But as actors, you kind of have a hope that they're going to walk away and not only think that you were wonderful performers, <laughs> which of hope. course you that are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what else? What's, what is it? Well, I, I think that there's an investigation in the piece, like we've talked about, that has to do with friendship and why relationships matter and why there are other things that distract us from those relationships. And um, there's there's this, this sounds out of left field, but there's an album, there's a Simon and Garfunkel album called Bookends. Mm -hmm. And there's an investigation on that album as well that I find to be eerily similar to the investigation Merrily We Roll Along. There's a song called Old Friends on that album. There's yeah. a song called Old Friends and Merrily We Roll Along. There's a song called Faking It about fake, you know, I don't know, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Am, I, am I faking, am I making it? That's really part of Frank's investigation. So I, I, I think this kind of like tried and true obsessive uh, search that we all have to figure out like what what matters and is it the is it the is it the silly artificial stuff or does it have to do with something to do with each other? Um, I I hope people like reengage with that investigation in a way that um, is authentic and re hopefully rejuvenating. Mm -hmm. What do you think? There are a lot of questions in the show. Um, every every transition, there's a song called "Merrily We Roll Along." Yeah. And it's phrased differently and used different lyrics in every single transition. Uh, but a lot of them are like, how did you get to be here? What was the moment that led you to to here? And also some roads are soft and some are bumpy. Some roads really fly. It's it's a conversation about life and how we should be questioning, like, are we happy with with where we are? Did we lose sight of our dreams along the way? Yes. What really matters to us, like Dylan was saying? And I think... If people take that introspective look after seeing this, then we've done our job right. That was Reese Britz, and we had uh, and still have Dylan Frederick with us, and we had Becca Hart with us the, for three main characters. Merrily, we roll along. And we have just a few more seconds that you can share. What did you take away, Rick Bernardo? From what did play? I take away? Uh, I thought I was going over that before. Well, um, we've got 20 <laughs> seconds now. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, again, lessons for professional and personal growth, and the word possibility keeps springing to mind. Thank what you. happens to possibilities? And you've been listening to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.